Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the wait list before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the wait list right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Bay podcast. Okay. This is an episode unlike any other episode I have ever done. We get pretty woo here. So today I'm interviewing one of my best friends, Brandon Lucero, who is not only an incredible entrepreneur who helps business owners really tap into the psychology of online sales and content messaging to help them move and inspire their audience while making more revenue, but he's also my spiritual BFF. This man and I go deeper into the crazy world of beings and aliens and other dimensions and crystals and other shamanic things than literally anyone else in my life. He's actually someone I met through my good friend, James Wedmore, in June of 2020. And we have pretty much been like inseparable since. It's just like this crazy connection that we instantly had. And of course, through our many spiritual conversations that we do via texting and phone every now and then, we occasionally invite our spouses out and do double dates, combine dinner so that they don't feel as left out of our spiritual conversations. <laughs> Brandon is someone who works with the same shaman, Don Javier, as I, and one of the people who really encouraged me to get on the path that we both now walk with our spiritual family. We dive into so many podcasts or sorry, so many topics in this podcast that I have such a hard time titling it. I even texted him today and I'm like, Brandon, I have no idea what the title this episode because we just kept going and going and going and we fit in so much into this episode. 
We even talk about things that I've never before shared here, which I'm kind of nervous, but so excited about at the exact same time. So get ready for a doozy. We go from Brandon's entrepreneurial journey of how he went from being completely broke, $40,000 in debt with a baby on the way. Talk about crazy scary to a multiple seven-figure entrepreneur today. And he is also a dad of three. And he's an amazing father too. Very, very present. And he really inspires me a lot in how he raises his kids and um, just what's possible that you can be a very present, incredible husband slash spouse slash partner and also parent and also entrepreneur. So yeah, we talk a little bit about, you know, teaching manifestation to his three kids and how he does it effectively because I definitely want to learn from him and I ask him for all the tips and tricks. We talk about some of his um, tips and tricks on how to create better content online through integrating spiritual principles into business. And of course, we dive deep into the crazy story of how he got into spirituality and eventually found his shaman that he works with today. I'm also going to link Brandon's info in the show notes as well as he's about to launch his brand new program, New Generation Mastery. So you don't miss out on creating offers in your business that your customers cannot wait to buy. So definitely check that out. And I'm also doing a VIP day with Brandon at some point really soon because he's just a total genius at what he does. I've spoken at his mastermind before. I've watched him teach. He just, he's so tapped in and the way he is tapped in and channeling this amazing message, but also really diving into the masculine. So like the strategy and, you know, how to integrate strategy into your business so that you can really dive deeper into the psychology of the messaging, the specific messaging that you're delivering to people and how it makes people react and respond to your content. Just so much inspiration from him. So definitely check it out. And without further ado, grab some popcorn, some kombucha, some of whatever you like to eat or drink. And let's dive into this episode. Are you ready, Brandon? I am. Are we doing this? Yes. Let's do this. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, cool. We're starting. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Long overdue. Uh, Brandon, you guys, is one of my, I don't know if you know this, but you're one of my best friends. Yeah. Like ever since I met you, I feel like we've been together for many, many different lifetimes as besties. And so I'm so glad to have you in this lifetime as well. Yeah, I am glad too. And I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to be your friend. I'm glad to be Brandon's friend and it's going to be fun. <laughs> and now you're in the MB headquarters. That's How right. does it feel? It feels great. I love the sign. I love the view. Um, this place is unbelievable. Like the views here are just crazy. I know. Oh my God. Amazing. Um, okay. So today what I want to talk with you about, cause you're like one of my spiritual BFFs and yep. you are someone who's really incorporated beautifully Um, spirituality with business. And that's what I wanted to talk about today, especially because you are a male, you are a man. And I do have many male followers who constantly come up to me, whether it's in the DMs, comments, or actually in person. And they're Mm -hmm. like, you know, I want to I really want to get into this spirituality thing, but I just don't know how it mixes with business because spirituality is seen as this like woo woo, very feminine thing. 
or, you know, business is seen as this very like masculine, very structured thing, and they just don't see how it connects. And so I really want to get into that. But before we get into all of that good stuff, and especially all the woo-woo stuff that we absolutely love to talk about like (laughs) all day long. I think that's all we talk about, but (laughs) to be honest, um, you were telling me your story of how you became an entrepreneur Mm. a couple months ago at dinner with your beautiful wife and my husband. And I was like stunned. Like I was floored. I was like, Brandon, how did I not know this about you? (laughs) Wow. So can you just kind of share like Let's just share, first of all, just share what you do today, like yeah. kind of like a little snippet, couple sentences of like sure. who you are, what you do today, and then take us back to like the origin story because yeah. it's so good. Okay, cool. So what we do today is messaging and, and content, but it's really helping any business owner, but specifically online business owners, how to communicate. And I think the biggest problem is people understand what they do. They understand like, here's my skill set and here's what I do, they, but they have no idea how to communicate that. And so what we help people do is how to communicate it in a very um, clear way. So you have a lot of clarity, but it's also in the way that humans are designed. And so we, we actually incorporate a ton of spiritual concepts in messaging, like remembering who you are, how do we communicate it so it actually transforms someone's life? Um, how do we speak to the subconscious? So we, we do a lot of cool stuff like that. Um, but my story basically started, I think... I don't remember where I told, like where I was when I told you uh, in the story, but I basically, I think in college is probably where we started. And I had a full ride to run at UC Irvine. So cross country and track and field and all that stuff. And then I broke my back, um, like between high school and, and college. And how did you break your back? Well, nuts. just being a, a stupid boy, like <laughs> <laughs> just being so dumb. Um, I was jumping off like cliffs and stuff over the summer and we went up to Mammoth Lakes in California and there's this like 90 foot cliff and all the the whole team, I was with the cross country team, the the UC Irvine team. I was going to say, where was your girlfriend at the time? She's back home. Okay. And so she would have stopped you immediately. She would have tried. She would have tried. (laughs) (laughs) She would have tried for sure. Um, But I was super stubborn back then. Still am, but not as much. I've learned my lessons. But anyways, all the, the team was running or jumping off the, like a smaller cliff. And I went up to this one. I remember looking over the edge and like, this thing's tall. Like it's, it's bigger. This is by far the biggest one I've jumped off of, but it's not that big. This is and, the 90 foot one. Yeah. Um, that's tall. Well, the problem is, is when you look down, you lose all depth perception. That's like true. you just don't really know. And I knew it was bigger, but I didn't know by how much. And there was a little part of the cliff that like jetted out a little bit, like 10 feet. I'm like, okay, cool. As long as I run and I clear this, this part right here, I'll be fine. And so I like ran and I jumped and the whole team's watching me. And I remember thinking, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the cliff. Like I'm, I didn't jump far enough. So I started freaking out in the middle of the air and trying to move myself away from the cliff, like with my arms and pushing myself away. But that knocked me off balance. And so I ended up lit, uh, landing in the sitting position. And so all the impact just went straight up my back. And so we're like up in the mountains. They couldn't helicopter me out. So they had to like hike. I mean, I was, I was up there for hours. There's like a broken back just laying on the ground and um, got me down. And and so uh, <clears throat> I ended up being okay, obviously, and, and almost paralyzed myself. So like on the MRI, it shows like the disc, like up against the nerve and actually pushing the nerves out. Like I was like one more millimeter, I would have been paralyzed from the waist down. Um, but I ended up like coming back, running, doing all that stuff, but I was never the same runner. And so what I ended up doing, cause I wasn't running all the time was just figuring out how to make money. And so back then my dad a had a business. Entrepreneur. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to get a job. I think because my parents are like, well, if you're not running, you're going to get a job. I'm like, 
Actually, can we cuss on here? Wait, can I just, of course, okay. do you know who I am? First yeah, of all, okay. just one second sure. of all, real quick. Um, this is a great reminder for me. And I always forget to tell people this. One of the main motivators for me to become an entrepreneur is I hate being interviewed like for mm. job interviews. And I was like, I never want to be interviewed for a job. Yeah. So I never have been. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I, swear to God. I went to Target and Home Depot and fucking hated it. So I was like, no, I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. get a job. I'm I like, did have a, like a job it. at the movie theater, but because my boyfriend at the time was working there and I became such good friends with the manager, yeah. she was just like, if you ever want to work here, you're hired on the spot. And I'm like, okay, oh, so I, I think yeah. I want to make money now. Like I figured out how to balance like school um, and homework and all that stuff in college. And I was like, I think I, I think I can handle working weekends. And she's like, all right, come in, grab your uniform and get started. And yeah. I'm like, perfect. You're like, Great. Sounds <laughs> Great. good. But that's, I mean, that's the whole reason why I started like figuring out how to make money. It's like, I just don't, I don't want a job. I was like, fuck that. I'm just that. And even to this day, that's what motivated me to be an entrepreneur. Even we'll get to this part in the story. But even when I worked for my dad, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. But anyways, um, so I started to learn how to make websites and what I was doing was just doing humor websites, but this is back when MySpace was a big thing. And so I don't know if you remember MySpace and people had like uh, funny pictures and stuff or like little yeah. gifts. And then they always had like codes underneath it. They, Cause they, that those were, were most, like the good old days. Yeah. they like had HTML codes and stuff for yeah. like copy and paste it. So I yeah. had sites and that's what I did to drive traffic was every video and every image had HTML code to paste it onto MySpace. But in the code, we programmed the link back to our site. So when people were taking our content, there was just more and more links back to our site. So I would drive all this traffic to these sites, but I could never figure out how to monetize it. So I would just sell them and I would sell them for like two, three, five thousand dollars a pop. And when the, the websites? The websites, yeah. Okay. And so they get, had like funny names, right? Yeah. So I had like bonko.com was the first one. And just some random name my roommate told me. And to this day, I still have Bonko at Yahoo as like my personal <laughs> no. email. Wait, there was something about orange juice, wasn't there? Oranges? Uh, yeah. And so, well, I'm not there yet. <laughs> okay, so. okay, okay. I'm getting ahead. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so um, that's how I got introduced to the website thing. And yeah. then I found out once I got broke my back, um, I had Lyme disease, but it was like dormant inside mm. of me. Or, yeah. And when I broke my back, it like sparked it up, back up. So around the same time, I started like getting tired all the time. I'm like, what is going on? That was like I'm the like, first time you felt symptoms, right? Yeah. Okay. And so I got diagnosed with Lyme disease and I ended up dropping out of college and working for my dad and just moving back home and just like getting this thing taken care of. And I started working with my dad and then I got better and I just continued working for my dad. I was maybe 23, 24. Um, this is 15 years ago. And I was making you know, $70,000 a year as a 23 year old. Okay. And like I was again, and that's 15 years ago. So it's, that's, that's worth great yeah, money, such good money. And, um, I did like, it was just easy. It was just, I can make my own schedule. I can like take Fridays off here and there. But I remember thinking, this is what I have to do for the rest of my life. Like I have to, even though it's for my dad and it's great money and it's like, I still have flexibility. I can't do this. I can't have just two weeks a year to myself. I want to be able to have the freedom to go do whatever I want to do. And then, you know, I just, but I was too comfortable. And I think that's the biggest problem is people get too comfortable with where they're at and they don't want to leave the comfortability. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. And so, um, you know, people don't change until they have to. And that's been my story for a lot of years. And my dad's company started to go under. And so like paychecks were coming in late. And, and since I was his son, I actually got hit the hardest with everything because he would make sure everyone else was paid first before me. And cause he figured like, well, your family, like I can, 
you're not going to sue me or whatever. I don't know what his thoughts were. I never, never really <laughs> asked him, but, but, um, I still had a lot of paychecks that I didn't get. And, and my wife, Jacqueline was working, um, in retail at the time. And so we ended up, um, moving in with some roommates and stuff cause we couldn't afford rent. And then I started building out more websites. And so I started getting into these like niche sites, which is what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. And so I started building out these sites called, um, like, at calories in an orange and like breeding rabbits.net and like re- uh, refurbished refrigerators, like all like these super niche sites that were based off of how many ca- calories in an orange. Is that literally like the website? That's, yeah. com. And like you go to the website and it just shows you how many calories are in, are an, in orange. an orange. Yeah. What? So, so well, the, the idea was, is you find topics that are searched in Google a lot but don't have like sites dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. And then the URL is available. So like people were searching calories in an orange, but there wasn't calories in an orange.com was available. So you'd buy it and you put the information on it and then you'd put like AdSense, like Google ads. <sighs> and so you just sit there and you'd put it up and you'd rank them in, in the search engines where people are searching and it comes in and, and it was great. Like we built it up to like a thousand dollars a month and I was just pumping these things out. And I'm like, my goal was 10, like $10,000 a month. I just want to make $10,000 a month. I feel like that's every entrepreneur's first big goal. It is. 10K yeah. months. You you see it plastered everywhere yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just funny now. I'm like, man, 10K months, like <laughs> spend that in a day sometimes on ads. Like it's just, it's just funny. Like how much your perception of money changes as you yeah. start to become successful. But anyways, um, I did that for a while. And in the meantime, I had to work like walking door to door selling. Um, there's like a group on site local. I had to sell local businesses stuff. I was just doing anything and everything I could. Like our date nights back then were, uh, basically going to little Caesars, getting a $5 hot and ready. And if we splurged, we would get like the cheesy bread things and a soda and we would watch a movie at home. Like that's what we did. We couldn't afford literally anything. eating um like a five dollar, I think it was like five or six dollar pho. Um yeah. pho was like our favorite. It still is, actually, embarrassingly enough. I order pho at least three times a week. Um, but that was like our thing. And yeah. looking back, I'm like, what? That used to be like a date night. Yeah. Oh, so crazy. I know. It's just it's just crazy how much and I'm I'm so grateful for it because yeah. it brings it really grounds me. Like sometimes it's, it's easy to get sucked up into the success and the money and, and all that stuff. And I think back on those days and I'm just so grateful for those things. And it brings so much gratitude for what I have now. And I'm just like, man, and, and those were actually really fun days. Like Mm -hmm. I look back on those days and like, wow, like it was just us two, like taking on the world. It was amazing. And it was fun. But it also sucked at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's what I would call my 2016 year. It was like Brennan and I were living in an apartment. Um, and, you know, we were living actually in my grandma, another grandma's apartment uh, right before we got our, our apartment or studio apartment. And it was like such a mess and so stressful. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I sometimes look back on those days and I was like, but we, we were like so in love. And like yeah. we were like so excited about the future. Yeah. And like even just being able to move into a studio apartment was like the equivalent of us dreaming right now of moving into a huge mansion right? or yeah. like buying a plane. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something grand like that. I remember. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's the same thing. And like you said, it was just so much fun and you're so yeah. connected. And, and I mean, we've been together since we were 15 and 16 high school sweethearts. So at that point we'd been together for like, I don't know, 10 years or so. And it was just still, those are the times where I'm like, man, we were just, we were just so connected and, and I mean, we still are, but it was just, those are the good old days. You always, I always hear that quote, like, you don't know you're in the good old days till you're not in the good old days yeah. or something like that. 
but, but anyways, yeah, that was, it was great. And I remember that in that moment, like that period of time, we went to Macy's and we were looking at like couches and stuff like that. And there's this beautiful couch and Jacqueline was like, it's, or I said to Jacqueline, we're going to have that couch one day. And she's like, don't promise me things that you can't, mm. you can't pro- like fulfill on. Yeah. And I was kind of mad. I was like, what? <laughs> of course, like how have some faith. Like this isn't, this is just a period of time. Meanwhile, you know? Brandon literally just bought Jacqueline a $2,000 YSL <laughs> bag today. <laughs> it's more, that's actually more than the, the, the couch was. <laughs> but they, um, but, but I remember like, Going like, no, we will have this couch. Like, there's no doubt in my mind of where we were going. I just didn't know how long it would Where take. does that certainty, where did that certainty come from at that time? It was just inside of me. It was just this drive. As I think every entrepreneur has that where you're just like, my other option of like working nine to five is a no. And this mm-hmm. like following my passion is a yes. There is no plan B. There is no plan That's B. That's the mindset. It was I just, truly believe that. Yeah. It was just like, this is going to happen. And it's just a matter of time before it does. Mm-hmm. And there were so many downs and so many hard freaking times for so many years. And that's what I told you today when she's like, I want a purse. And I'm like, Oh, it's 2000, it's $2,000. Are you kidding me? And then I was just thought about it. I'm like, we went eight years of being maybe even more being broke, not having any money, working our asses off, like sacrificing even our relationship at certain times to have this, like, no, fuck that. We're going to go back and we're going to, we're going to get the purse. Like why, why would we spend so much time and go through so much, hell, um, to not be able to do things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so we don't do it very often. You might, we might as well. And, um, again, it just brings so much gratitude to being able to do that from all the stuff I had to go through. And we actually got married right around then too. And so we had no money for the wedding or luckily our parents helped us out. And then, um, we were going to move out of that place we were living in. And again, no, we had like no money. Like we, everything came in, went right back out because of bills and student loans and stuff like that. And we ended up moving in with her parents, my in-laws. And the plan was, is like, and this is when I officially was like, I'm done. I'm not doing any more side gigs. I'm done with my dad. Because my dad kept kind of pulling me back in because he needed help. And I just said like, no, I'm done. I'm going out 100% on my own. We moved in with the, with the in-laws and I was selling real estate videos. Like, like uh, for 150 bucks, I will make a listing video. Send me the picture of your listing. I'll turn it into a video. And were you always passionate about video? No, it's no, what my dad just, did. Okay, I see. I see. So he was doing like. Uh, so you already had the skill set. It wasn't like you made it up. Like I'm right. going to make videos now. I, yeah, I had the skill set, but I still didn't know what I was doing. Right. Like, I wasn't a videographer yeah. or anything like that. But that's what my dad's company did: is these listing videos. So like yellow pages and stuff like that. If you know their clients wanted to upgrade one of their listings, you could add a video to it, and they would sub the work out to us. Um, so nothing was working out. Like none of my plans were working out for years. Like I did the, the niche sites that I was telling you about. I did the humor sites, but it was like, they weren't really going, it wasn't really going, it wasn't like a career. And like when you're ranking stuff online, it's Google can change their algorithm and it just all goes out the window. So I don't want to be dependent on that. I don't want to be dependent on my dad for money. I don't want to be dependent on like Google's algorithm. I want my own thing. And I fell back into what I thought I knew, which was video. The only, and I built out this amazing website, this amazing backend. I had it programmed and it was like, you, the orders come in, they automatically get sent to a video editor. And I was, my, my system was the middleman and I had, didn't have to do anything except like collect a check. Only problem was, is I made no sales. Like mm. I didn't make, that, <laughs> Gotta so make the sales. <laughs> I was like, I spent all this time on the fucking website, the programming, the backend. I like, this is I built this beautiful machine. And then I couldn't fill the machine with anything. And that led me to learning how to take my SEO knowledge, apply it to videos, and I started to rank YouTube videos. 
And I was like, oh, this is amazing. So people wanted that. So I started selling that and I was selling it for like 200 bucks a pop and I had some momentum, but it still wasn't taking off. Like we still weren't able to make very much money. And, um, I started watching this guy and I was ranking all my videos to the top of the search engines. Like, and there's this other guy who was doing that too, is James Wedmore, who's a, a mutual friend of ours. I think ours. I know him. Yep. <laughs> Sounds familiar. And uh, I was ranking against him, but he was teaching it and I was doing it as a service. So to make a long story short, we got connected and I just reached out to him. His assistant connected us. And he was like, I get asked, my number one question I get asked is how do I sell SEO services? I don't. I only teach it. You do it. If you can build this to a fourteen or ten thousand dollar a month business, then we can package that into a program and sell it. And that was the motivation I needed because I was still just kind of farting around, like not really focusing on business business model. And he completely changed the business model. He's like, "We need reoccurring. I need you to be able to sell these videos for a thousand dollars, not two hundred, and the services like up that price and then make it every month." And that made me super uncomfortable. Cause I'm like, people won't pay that much money. Cause I was so much, I was so in the mindset of where I was with money. I mm-hmm. didn't think about where the business owner uh, yeah. was with money. Yeah. 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 We always project our shit when it comes always, to money on our yeah. prices. And so I walked in and, and now as a business owner, where someone came in and was like, Hey, I'm going to get you more business. And it's going to cost you like 200 bucks a month and thousand dollars up front. And be like, yeah, cool. Like, no problem. Sign me up. Like this, that's nothing, you know? To, to a business owner who's successful and understands that stuff. So anyways, it took me four hours. I walked door to door to all the restaurants because um, I was selling to a restaurant. And within four hours, I had closed a thousand dollar sale with 200 bucks reoccurring. Text James. And it was like two days after I met with him. And he's like, whoa, that was fast. And I just got so obsessed that I just more and more and more within six months, we we're at like 14 grand a month. Um, partnered with James. We turned it into a program called Local Video Academy. And over the course of three years, it did, I don't know, two to $3 million. And mm. so it was like my first taste of like this course side of the business and teaching and, and all that stuff. And so for the next couple of years, I still had the service um, and it just changed and evolved. And then we eventually shut that program down because we both lost interest. And I just moved on to other things. I didn't want to teach local video. Like I felt like a, there's more to my life. And so I pivoted and I was then still teaching, but I was still teaching. I was teaching YouTube. I was teaching all of this stuff. And um, after I separated with James, I built my own business to about half a million dollars a year. And I just got tired. Like I just got tired of teaching YouTube. I got tired of like talking about Facebook ads. And I was just, and I'd I'd been working with Don Javier for about a year or two at this point. Yeah. We're going to get into that. Yeah. (laughs) And so I, I just was like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. There's so much more to my life than teaching YouTube. I'm just sick of it. So is that I s- like a feeling you had? Did you like see other people doing other things? You're like, that looks cooler. Like, That's because I can totally relate to these feelings. Like I'll never forget in 2018, by that point, we built like almost a million dollar business. And I just remember looking, I think I, I think this was like my, one of my first few shamanic deaths, like major ones. It's probably like number three in my like adult life um, or my entrepreneur life, I should say. And I remember looking out the window and this voice just kept saying, there's more out there for you. And you've barely scratched the surface. That became like the tagline for my website because I tell my students that all the time too. Like there's so much more out there for you. Like whenever you think this is it, there's it's more never, out there for you. And it's not like more in a materialistic sense, like more money, more houses, more right. of this, but just more fulfillment, more expansion, more um, 
like self-actualization. So I'm curious because I get it as like this distinct, strong feeling. Some people just like see something and they're like, wait a second, I can do it this way. You can do that. So I'm curious. That is a great question. I think the easiest way to answer that Well, let me preface it with this. I think purpose evolves. I think everyone is looking for like, what is my big one purpose? And I'm like, the five-year-old version of Brandon, when he was five in that moment, his purpose wasn't to like teach messaging and spirituality and business. (laughs) Like his his purpose in that moment was to be (laughs) five years old and to do whatever and to learn the lessons that he needed to learn. And so purpose evolves. It's in every, every, and what you do now isn't going to be what you're going to do in five years. It just Mm -hmm. is hardly, I've never seen that. And we've worked with thousands of students and I've never seen that be the case that we're in one person has one purpose and that's it. And that's all they do. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, I think when it's time for purpose to evolve, you become less fulfilled and almost irritated at the work that you're doing. And that's where I was, was that I didn't, I woke up and I resented having to talk about YouTube. I would look in the Facebook groups and people ask me about Facebook ads. I'm like, I just don't want to do this. I don't want to ask, answer a question about Facebook anymore. I don't want to do that. That's not me. And I'm always reminded of this Lady Gaga clip where she like was, you know, become like becoming famous and she getting well known and she's getting pictures and all this stuff done. And she's like, I got to a point where I'm like, that's not me. I'm not doing that. I'm saying no to that picture. I'm saying no to that autograph. I'm saying no. And she's looked, she's like, I can look at myself in the mirror and go, that's you. Like, I remember who I am. Like Mm. that is who I am. And I'm not doing that anymore. And I can sleep peacefully now. And that's kind of how I felt. I'm like, I'm not answering your Facebook question anymore. I'm not doing any of this. And so I shut it all down. And so, and also on paper, you have $500,000 a year business on paper. It sounds great. It wasn't that great. Like I still had taxes. I didn't really know how to manage the money. Um, I had a business partner. I was still paying money to. Um, and so we didn't really have anything left over. Like we had an okay life. Like we had a good life, but there was no savings. There was no, and we weren't like extravagant anything. It was just like, we were living life. And, um, within four months, three months we were, I was $40,000 in debt. So I went from like on paper wow. having everything I want to all of a sudden, like, and it was just like a shit storm. It was like, ta- I got hit with way more taxes than I assumed. The expenses of the business kept rolling. Um, one of my mistakes is like, I didn't tell my wife that we were like in debt. So our spending was exactly the same with no income coming in. And so I made a lot of stupid mistakes and I got caught, you know, I guess by the financial bug, but I'm so glad that it happened because here's how I got out of it is that it was like, it was like this giant stress ball that was like on my shoulders. And I just got to a point after three months of just living under stress, fear and worry and going, what are you so worried about? And I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to move back in with my in-laws. Like, so what? You still have a roof over your head. Uh-huh. And I just went worst case scenario. And I'm like, it's not that bad. And then I started thinking, cause I was so stuck on the $40,000 in debt, but what I wasn't focusing on was what does that mean on a monthly payment? And it was like 800 bucks a month. Like, yeah. so minimum payment was like 800 bucks a month or whatever it was. And I'm like, you can make that payment. Like, that's fine. And I was like, as long as you make the minimum payment, you're not like, you're not going to lose anything. You're not going to go to jail. You're not going to have your credit ruins. Like you're just, you're going to be fine. And as soon as I did realize that, and then I realized, you know what? 
society has told me that debt is bad, mm-hmm. but people go in debt every day. You buy a house and mortgage, that's debt. You get uh, go to college, that's debt. Mm-hmm. You buy um, anything that, that needs some kind of loan, that's some debt. of the wealthiest people in the world maximize their debt. They actually we, live off of debt yeah. because they borrow from their own businesses. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we do. Like every yeah. time I go into a launch, I spend $200,000 in ads. Like that's debt. I'm putting it on a credit card. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so we've used and leveraged debt yeah. to make a lot of money too. And it's how I, you frame it. It's I mean, there is like debt it. of like, you don't have the money, but you're like buying handbags nonstop, right? right for no reason. And then there's also like, I know that this seems like a lot on paper, but this is going towards a business that will pay me back. Like right. this will generate more money in the future. I just have to have faith and trust and put the work in, but yep. like eventually it's going to pay off. And that's like, a, I think a different debt. Um, but you're right. Like society in general, I remember, um, what's his name? Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Is that his name? Oh my God. Like I remember when I just started my debt journey, I was really listening to him. And then one day I was like, this is so limiting. Yeah. I don't like this. This is so like fear focused. This is not, I understood energetics by that point. And I'm like, if I'm afraid of debt, then actually I'm afraid of money. Right. Like debt is still money. right? Right. And so if I am resenting a part of a relationship then I'm resenting the whole relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like looking at like you're, cause I see money as a relationship. So if you like resent a whole part of like Jacqueline, right. That's not going to create like a fruitful relationship. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you really have to reframe debt as I look at it as like lessons, like a finance, like the best financial education that I've ever gotten. Yeah. And like it nothing, was. you know, even Don Javier says like nothing is free in the spiritual world. And so you have to make your, some sort of a payment right? and the payment might be this debt in exchange for the best financial education you've ever gotten, even though you're framing it as a huge, massive problem in your life, which it actually isn't. Yeah. It's a massive opportunity. It is. Yeah. And that's a, such a great way to look at it. And that was, that was my first realization of how much the external world really controls your thinking. If you're not careful, because I, I just like snapped out of it, you know, I just snapped out of it and reframed it the whole way. And, and then I did, I also changed my relationship with, with money in, in that moment. And it was like one of the most beautiful spiritual experiences of my life too. Um, and I should note like this whole time I've been doing like psychic readings and listening to psychic radio. So okay. this whole idea of spirituality yeah. was blooming inside yeah. of me. I want to get into all of that. I'm just curious, like, how did you get, like walk us into at least how you got into what you do today. Like how did okay. you evolve into that's, what you do today? That's exactly where we are right okay. now in the story. Perfect. So, so all, so all the spirituality stuff is coming up and I kept remember, I remember like my work with the Don really showed me how controlled thinking is and how controlled you are and how controlled a lot of people are by society. You're wanting to fit in and it's usually subconscious, like a subconscious mm-hmm. driven and stuff like that. So I snapped out of it, but he always told me like, sit in the silence and sit in the silence and sit in. I'm like, what is he talking about? And oh. now the silence is a key part of our program. And I remember sitting in the silence and basically what he's talking about is turn off the thinking mind. Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's, it at least it, our thoughts are, are, well, without getting too complicated, I'll just keep it very simple the way my thoughts were then were completely controlled by the external world. And then when you sit in silence, the thinking mind turns off, which allows a deeper connection to the universe or whatever you want to call it, where you get into like a flow state and ideas and things start 
popping all the time. And is I, silence like meditation? No, okay. I, it can be, it okay. can be, but it, it, to me, well, I'll just give my definition. It's yeah. turning off the thinking mind and that can happen in the shower. Like a lot of people have shower thoughts Yeah. or sometimes if you're bathroom jur- thoughts, bathroom thoughts, I have bathroom thoughts, or if you're, um, journaling and you like write, you're like, ideas are hitting you so fast. People might call it the flow state. Mm-hmm. You It can happen in meditation, but it doesn't mean meditation. You can also be in the middle of a concert and be in silence. It just True. means turning the mind off. True. And the thinking mind will usually operate in fear, worry, anxiety, and pessimism. And and flow state or universe will always be in possibility and optimism. And And sometimes you don't even have an explanation of where the thought came. That's what I'm talking about. That's what the silence can do. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting on the toilet, <laughs> TMI. Um, and then I'm not I, kidding. Some of my best posts on Instagram yeah, were written on the toilet. Mine too. It's the best. Well, that's where the idea came to me. Is like, <laughs> here's here's what you're going to do next. And I, I I like, oh my god, I need to get to the board before like I lose it. So I'm like <laughs> trying to finish up as fast as I can, and like run as in my office, like running off to the to the to the office, and I mapped out this methodology, wow. and that I called it the video four X effect. And this is like four years ago. This is like when I, when James, because James talks a lot about you, obviously, but yeah. I remember like when I first heard about you, you were like really, I just remember seeing the 4X effect. Yeah. Yeah. That was like my intro to you. That's, and that's, that's what for the last three years is what it's been. We just went through our own evolvement recently, but um, yeah. And within nine months we did a million dollars in sales and then we like had our first million dollar year, then like our. $2 million a year. And then we were just really, I mean, we saw really fast growth and it's kind of funny because working with the Dawn, um, there's less margin for error on things. It's like the, or there's bigger consequences to your errors now because you're operating at a much bigger game. And so when I would see, when I would be like totally in tune and holding myself to where I needed to hold myself, success would be crazy. But then when I let ego and arrogance take over and like letting it go to my head, we hit plateaus yeah. and I was like, what is going on? And Don's like, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then I would get out of it and we'd take off again. But, um, what that has basically evolved in into is, um, our messaging program that we do now. Mm-hmm. And we basically teach a lot of spiritual, I don't really call it spirituality, but we t- incorporate a ton of spiritual, spiritual based and ancient wisdom, uh, philosophies into the way we teach messaging and content now, because the results that you see in your own life from like spirituality and transformation, you can actually give that to your audience if you know how to communicate the right way. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's basically, um, what we do. And it's evolved now from video forex effect into something called new generation mastery is our new program yeah. and philosophy. And it goes very deep into a lot of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know how long I've been. I feel like I've been talking for a long time. But no, that's, this is that's, amazing. That's my story. This is freaking perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs come to me when they're just starting out, and they're asking me like how I built such an engaged audience because they're struggling to connect with an audience. Right. They're struggling to build an audience because they just feel like nobody's really listening to them. Right. Or nobody really cares. Yeah. And I'm curious, is that like what you help people with on some level, like? Like, do you help newbies? Do you help more like all uh, of them? Everyone, because everyone okay. has the same problems. Yeah, like we've even helped people that are, have like a two million dollar business, but they're plateaued. Right, and they're either plateaued because they're in the middle of an evolvement or, or purpose shift, or yeah, pivot, they're shifting, and they're they don't recognize it, mm-hmm. and so we help them recognize it and find what it is. But it can also be the new person. There's usually two things that are going on if people aren't connecting. Um, 
number one is they're just teaching too much. Like they're just giving out too much information. And this what is it, what I had to learn. Yeah, Actually, my launches exploded when I stopped teaching so much in my free stop. challenges. Well, here's here's why people <laughs> do it. People do that because it used to work five years ago. It did. Yeah. And because how to content was so like so much more limited than it is today. Today well, there's so much how to content. There's so much yeah, that, and that's exactly right. Like if you're the only grocery store in single town, like you could have awful customer service, not a lot of you're gonna but you're still gonna be successful. But when you have five, you gotta be on the top of your game. So the same thing with how-to content is that's what everyone does. But now you have thousand competitors. Like if you're a weight loss coach and you do a video, how to lose 10 pounds, there's a million videos with the same title. So you're going to blend in. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how big your heart is or how much you want to impact people. Or if you are more knowledgeable, if the audience doesn't see your content, just even the title differently than everyone else, you're not going to get the viewership. So what we do is, is we tell people there's more ways to add value than than to give information. And a great example would be like, if you're stuck in your life and you get rid of your own limiting belief, you're not gaining any insight per se, you're really taking something away. And that could be enough to give yourself a major transformation. What if you did that for your audience? What if you focus on adding value by taking away their shit, their, their limiting beliefs, their, the stuff that they don't recognize. Mm, Is that the thought reversal? It's a thought reversal, Uh but here's something else we've been working on is, is also how do you raise their awareness to certain things? And this, again, this stems from the dawn, but think of it like this. If we're a business owner, we're here to solve a problem. Well, problems only exist in your life or your audience's life because they're taking an action. The action causes the problem, but they're not aware that that action causes the problem. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing it raising their awareness to an action they're taking that causes a problem could be way more valuable than just giving them a tutorial on something. And when we look at like TED Talks, for example, amazing content and education, no tutorials, no steps. They're doing something else. You look at the best-selling books that are like self-transformation books and great educational books, none of them are encyclopedias. They're all books that get you to see something differently, help you remove mistakes out of your life, it's all around us, but most people don't pay attention to that stuff. So that's number one is like just learning how to communicate to give people actual transformations and realizations and raise their awareness is number one. Number two is another reason why people aren't connecting is because you have to remember you're the light that will attract the audience. But what most people do is they bend to the audience and they completely lose themselves to what they think the audience wants. So they survey their audience. What are the survey results? What are the popular keywords? And that stuff's important, but you need to remember who you are first, then go to the data and take the data that fits underneath your message, not not the audience. Like, yes, we want to be of service, but that doesn't mean you're a servant to the audience. And so I believe to my core, the deeper you know yourself and the deeper and the more you remember who you are, the deeper the connection you'll have to your audience. Why? Because when you embrace that and put it into your content, the only people that are going to really like it are the people at that same level. So if I wanted to attract parent entrepreneurs, like let's say I had a membership to attract dads and I wanted father entrepreneurs. If I had a piece of content that was titled fought, do like just question, is it just a question? Do fathers make the best entrepreneurs? Question mark. Like the only people that are really going to be attracted to that are like fathers and entrepreneurs because that's two of their identities in it. And now I'm not doing a how-to tutorial. I'm not doing something else. I'm doing something else, but I'm incorporating me, who I am at the core. What are my identities? What are my beliefs? What are 
my core values. And the more you remember who you are, the deeper the connection you'll have with your audience. Does that that make sense? It makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the identity work is so, so important. I'm curious, how do you help people with identifying like who they are? Like, because that's such a deep philosophical question. I know also like, you know, the dawn always says like, remember, remember who you are. And you're always like, I don't know, who am I? Right. (laughs) So like, how do you help people establish kind of like a foundation for that? Yeah. Great question. I think it goes back to the beginning, what we talked about when you talked about the masculine and the feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, before I dive into this, this has nothing to do with gender. Sometimes people are like, how dare you come in? Cause of gender, this, and uh, this has nothing to do with gender. Right. It has everything to do with energy. You can call it yin and yang energy if you want, but I, I call it the masculine and the feminine. Mm-hmm. You can be a male, you, you, you could identify as a male gender and have a ton of feminine energy mm-hmm. like me. Um, or vice versa. Like my daughter, Lily is, is female, (laughs) but she has a ton of masculine energy. And so masculine energy is a lot of strategy frameworks. Here's what to do. Feminine is, is like that invisible work that you fill the strategies up with and you Mm -hmm. need both of that. Mm -hmm. And so this new program we created and what we've been developing over the last year, year and a half is answering that question. How do we get people to those core uh, things. And the first one is actually silence is one of the first things that we have you do is get very comfortable with the silence and shutting off the mind. Part of the reason why we do that is because we're all trying to create something that hasn't been created yet. If we knew how to do it, then we would have done it, which means you're not going to be able to think your way to, to the answer. You can't, it's literally impossible. And so silence is what allows those ideas to come in. And then we move to personal power, which is now getting you to a place where you can take action on those things. So when we start with silence, silence actually makes you aware of certain things you weren't aware of before. And we call it like a shedding, like, oh my God, I never realized that I wasn't posting this because I was actually afraid of... um, a uh, like hater saying something, which actually stems back from when I was in third grade and I spoke in front of the class and, and someone made fun of me. So we, we help people remove stories and remove a lot of that stuff. And when you remove these stories, you actually start to remember who you are. We also uh, take people through a lot of exercises to get them to the core of what they want to do versus what they think they should be doing. And it's a very, it seems like a very insignificant difference, but it's, it's massive. And there's a lot of people, and there might be people listening right now that are doing something because that's what they've always done. And they just made money with it. Even though they know there might be something more, uh, they're doing something their parents told them to do. They're doing something they got a degree in or certification in, or something they think, you know, like their friends would approve of. And so we just kind of go through this stripping and a lot of silence and a lot of stripping, and a lot of shedding. And it's actually very common for people to come into our program thinking, I just need the right framework. But then they realize I'm not even in the right freaking business. Mm. I need to go do this. Yeah. And then, so it's just weird. We, we have people at all different levels. Some people just like, will like already on the right path and they just take off. I mean, we had, um, I don't know if you know who Bob Helig is or not, but we had him come in. He had a $2 million business plateaued. And then he went through the program next year, did $4 million because he just very quickly remembered who he were, who he was, put it into the right framework and communication style and just to God. We have people that literally go from zero to like 250,000 in six months. But then we also have people that are stuck at 500 that are so attached to what they've been doing mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter what frameworks they use, the energy's off, their message is off, something's off, no matter, even though they're using the right language pattern, right communication thing, 
it's still off because their energy's off. Yeah. And sometimes it'll take them a year to finally like make that switch. And when uh, they do, it just, they take off. Can you share what you mean by framework? Framework would be like steps. Okay. So if I was to have you come into the program and you're like, Hey Brandon, how do I shift someone's perspective? I would say, here's the framework. So here's the the three steps you need to go through, like find the limiting belief and say this, then do this and do that. So okay. it's just strategy basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, there's another question I had for you, but it just left my mind. Hopefully it comes back. Um, so there's like, Oh, this is what I want to ask. So it's less about like, you're not teaching people about the mediums. Like you would be great no. for a podcast. You should write an Instagram post. You should make a reel. You should make a TikTok. It really doesn't fucking matter no. what you do for you. It's like, you're teaching deep energetic work as a foundation. Mm-hmm. And from that, it really doesn't matter. Like I, I truly like, I've seen this as an example in my life. Like when I was passionate about being in a Facebook group, Yep. And talking to Facebook group, the Facebook group, group grew. Mm-hmm. When I lost passion for that, it stopped growing. Yeah. Obviously. Right. Then I went into Instagram. I loved Instagram. It grew because I genuinely wanted to be there. Right. It's the same shit that I was talking in my Facebook group. I just brought it to Instagram. Then I started a podcast. Still the same content that I was sharing Facebook group, then Instagram. And then Instagram really like started to support the podcast because the podcast is like where the meat and potatoes of my content is. And Instagram, I bring a lot more of my personal life and stories and journeys and stuff like that. But it's like, it didn't matter where I was right? because it wasn't about like where I was putting the content or how I was doing it. It was more so about messaging and connecting with the right audience. Yep. And that's what we tell people. And we get to, I do cover platforms and stuff, but I literally start by saying it, none of this matters. Right. And, and I say, here's what we do and here's different options you have, but you go decide. And that's how I am as a mentor. I never tell people what to do and much like the Don is. And mm-hmm. I think that carries a lot of karma. And Don, Don tells us like, it carries a lot of karma if you, cause you can't see people's stuff. You don't see their past lives and you don't see whatever. And if you give them advice and they listen, they take it and it hurts them, that comes back Ooh, on you. This is so important. Yeah. So this is so good. It is. It's, it's, it's very important. So the question is- And a lot is, of people are obsessed with telling people what to do yeah, and giving unsolicited advice You and could be pushing all this bad karma back onto you. So in my programs, I very rarely ever will tell people what to do. I will say, here's the options. Let's figure out what's best for you. And I tell them like, you'll find people that are successful, just podcasts who post every day, who don't post every day, who post once a week, post once a month. It doesn't matter. Just figure out what it is you want to do and what's going to be right for you. And then go and do that. And I'm going to help guide you to find the answers. And then I will give you the frameworks to use. And I will give you the language patterns and I will tell you how to communicate. But at the end of the day, anytime I feel like I need to give advice, the way that I frame it is that, look, if it were me and it were my situation Here's what I would personally do, but I don't know if that's right for you and you need to make your own decision. Yeah. So it's more of like being that mentor to guide right. off from experience rather than like, look, listen, here's what you need to go do. Yeah. It's it's what I used to call template coaching. Mm-hmm. Like back when I was um, looking for coaches to mentor me, I noticed that there was a lot of people just giving their templates. Like yeah. these are the exact emails that made me a million dollars and they wouldn't work for fucking anybody. Yeah. And it took me forever to realize we all have unique energetic signatures. And I think mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with like the Don saying, you know, karma, like we have unique karma. So, so right. who knows if this is in alignment with someone or not. And it's like, we could all be doing the same thing, but it only works for certain unique energetic signatures. Right. 
And I like, I remember really priding myself and not being a template coach. And even in my program MBA, I'm like, listen, I will never tell you what to do. Do not look at me as your guru. Like I am not like some higher power that has all the keys, you know, for you to just unlock every door, but I'll help you find your own keys and you unlock your own doors. It's, it's being a guide. Um, so we're definitely going to drop the program. What's the program called again? It's called new generation mastery. Okay. Cause I know you changed it recently. So yeah. I want to make sure I got it right. New generation uh, mastery will be in the show notes. Um, and then of course I'll ask you where people can find you at the very end, but I yeah. really want to get into the spiritual stuff with yeah. you because this is like the meat and potatoes of our friendship. Well, can I, can I say one more <laughs> yes, thing on please. what you're just, please but I, I want everyone to understand what we're talking about is the blending of feminine and masculine energy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is the key to everything. And so if you are like a template coach or you're following people's templates and it's not working, it's not that the strategy, AKA the masculine part of it was off. It's that the feminine energy was off and you need to have both in order. And I actually believe that every program out there should be doing, that's kind of my problem with a lot of like education, even in like in the school systems and stuff is they don't cater to a lot of that stuff. It's Mm -hmm. very, like it's all masculine energy based without any individual and you need both. You need a blend, but I think it's really important. So, uh, but yeah, let's dive into the spiritual. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also want to mention that I'm actually doing a VIP day with Brandon on messaging because I'm like <laughs> right. all about it and I want to know everything. And of course I want to work with you one-on-one, yeah. but yeah, your program is obviously a great place to go. Um, right. if you're not ready for like a one-on-one investment. Um, okay. So, you know, we've talked about, you've mentioned the Dawn a couple of times and mm-hmm. people are going to be like, who the hell is that? Um, and then of course, a lot of what you do, you bring spirituality into. So I'm curious, how did you get into spirituality in the first place? I know you weaved it into your entrepreneurial journey. So you don't yeah. have to like go back to certain details, but I'm just curious, like what was like the first thing that like lit you up you ready <laughs> spiritually? For, you ready for a fucking story? <laughs> I'm ready okay. for a fucking story. All right. So growing up, my mom was very spiritual. My grandma was a psychic and I was just like, what? what is she talking about? My grandma as a young, as I was maybe six years old, um, taught me how to manifest. And no way. Like, is she still alive? No. Okay. And, but everyone always wrote her off as the crazy old lady. Yeah. I was going to say, so, can she come on the podcast? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she, um, taught me and side note, I started teaching my kids when I drove them to school last week. And I, I told them it was a magic trick. Here's a magic trick. And they're like, okay, they're taking notes. And I pick Will, my son up, uh, Will from school. I pick him up from school. And he goes, dad, it worked. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, the magic trick, it worked. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I had, I wanted $10 and I had five. So I just did what you did. I visualized it. I said to myself, this is going to happen. And I knew and it was going to happen. And then I lived in the emotions that this is going to happen. Like, and I just did it. And he's like, they just decided to play bingo at school with a $5 prize and I won. And he's, and I was like, I was like, what really? I have a lot to learn from you about teaching manifestation to kids. Cause obviously I'm going to need your tips and tricks. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, you have to frame it in things that are like, like I call it magic cause they're obsessed with magic, you know? I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. And then I tell them, then I started calling it manifestation and they're like, oh, it's, you always got to lead with the stuff they know, you know? But, um, but anyway, so my mom, and then my mom was into it, but as a kid, I was, I was like, whatever, you guys are wacky, blah, 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 whatever. But when my life wasn't going good, when my life was during that like 10 year period where living with my in-laws, like nothing was working out. I was just, I wanted hope. So I started looking for psychics and looking for like getting readings done. And they all said like, 
oh my God, like you're going to be so successful and all this stuff. Like, don't forget about me when you're like at the top and like all this stuff, you know? And it just gave me hope. And so, but back then it was very um, new age. I was like, it's very new agey yeah. type, type whatever. And then I was introduced to Jim Fortin. Like he just reached out to me online and was like, hey, I'm watching your video and well, I can help you like with sales. And then I met James and James was very much down that path too. And Jim started talking to, to me about Don Javier, but I was just doing like spiritual because it was just like fun. It was like psychic readings and like, oh, let yeah. me manifest. It wasn't like- Did you read like The Secret or watch The Secret? I, I watched The Secret yeah. and I did all that stuff, but it's- The basic stuff. It's different now because I didn't live my life off of the those philosophies or anything. It was just more of like fun and let me visualize and like, this is giving magic me Magic tricks. Yeah, let exactly. Let me do magic tricks <laughs> today. <laughs> it was magic tricks. Exactly. And when Jim ta started talking to me about, and I would call myself spiritual. I was like, yeah, I'm spiritual and blah, blah, blah. And he started talking to me. Oh, and I was also just not, I was raised Catholic. I'm like, I don't want to be Catholic and all this stuff. And I said, you were raised I had a, Catholic, but your grandma and your mom are psychics. Yeah. How does that work? I mean, it just somehow worked. It just worked. Okay. And, and that's the thing too, it. is what I've, what I've realized with working with the Dawn is there's, there's actually a lot of truth in a lot of religions and the beings and the angels and all the stuff that those are real. And I have, remind me to tell you about Arch, Archangel Michael later. Um, crazy freaking story about that, but between you and me are on the podcast either way, okay. just, just don't <laughs> let me forget to okay. tell you. Uh, so anyways, um, there was something, there's just something different about the dawn. Like you can feel it. There was like a whole nother level of like, there's no, this, this is, I don't know, the real deals for lack of a better word. Yeah. And I was afraid. I was like nervous and I was like, you worried. felt it through just like Jim talking about him. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I knew this wasn't the typical, like, let me just get a psychic reading and just like visualize every day. This is like, no, this is a way of, of life. Yeah. He and needed to tell that to James cause he thought it was a psychic reading. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> I know. I, I, and I got onto the path way before, like maybe a year or two before James. Yeah. And yeah. yeah Cause that, you got him on the path. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that's a whole nother story, but it took me a couple of years and he kept inviting, Jim kept inviting me out to the gatherings for his birthday. He can invite whoever he wants. And I didn't go yeah. for the first two years. Then I went. I, I was a birthday gathering. Oh, you were? oh yeah. With James. I was a birthday invite. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember the first night I met him. Oh, sorry. Um, I didn't go. There's you this, didn't go. I didn't go to the, he invited me twice and I didn't go. You didn't go. Either once or twice. I didn't go. I can't remember. Didn't, I didn't go. I was too nervous. I was too scared. You know, um, I also didn't know what it meant for my relationship. Like, like, is my wife going to be accepting of this? Is she not? Like, I don't know. And she is obviously. Um, Can you give some like context to how like Jim described him? Like who is Don Javier? He just described him as a shaman and he just said it's his brother-in-law. And it's hard to remember because it was so long ago. Yeah. But he that's how I remember his shaman brother-in-law. That's literally uh, my intro too. Yeah. And it was like you just don't he kept saying you don't know what you're connected to. You just have no idea what you're connected to. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I wasn't getting on the path. And I've been invited to come, I've invited to do candles, I'm invited to do all the stuff, stuff that people now are like waiting years to do his mm -hmm. list is so long yeah i was on for two years yeah and they basically like tried to bribe me for two years like not bribe me but like get me on the path for two years and so um what happened was is my brother adam uh was at a movie theater up in santa rosa um in like center uh, central california and he was just looking for apartments because he was moving up there 
and he had to kill some time because he was early. He's like, oh, I'll go watch a movie. So he just randomly goes into this movie theater and um, this homeless person got into the movie theater because uh, he's like, oh, I just want to get some water. And they let him in. Well, he snuck into the movie theater where my brother was and he sat behind these two women and these two women like started to get, feel really weird. They're like, something's off with this guy. And he wasn't doing anything to them, but they just knew something's off. So they got up and they moved. And then when they moved, he got up and he went and he sat behind my brother, Adam. Well, like 15 minutes into the movie, he pulls out like an eight inch butcher knife and just starts stabbing my brother. Just like randomly, like, like a couple of times, like in the neck and the chest, right in the lungs. And my brother Adam had no idea what was going on. So he, he gets up, he turns around and he like punches the guy in the face because he thought the guy he was, was able to move after that. Well, he didn't know. Yeah. I guess the adrenaline, he yeah. had no idea what was going oh on my God. and he thought he was getting punched. So he's like, who's this guy punching me? And so he turns around, he punches the guy in the face and when he does it, the guy drops the knife and he like takes off running. We didn't know this, but the night before he actually stabbed another person, another homeless person to death, like stabbed him like 53 times or something like that. And then now my brother was the second person and the women were watching him. So they saw the whole thing go down because they were freaked out by this guy and they were watching him. And then they just ran over to my brother and everyone's freaking out. My brother was still conscious and he's like, here's what you need to do. Like, put this here. You hold this over here. You call 911. He said that he was telling everyone, what are you serious? Yeah. Everyone's freaking out. And so, um, what ended up happening was they got paramedics got there, took them to the ICU I mean, he's, he's on death's bed. Like he's, I mean, you're, you're, you got stabbed with an eight inch butcher knife through the neck, like into your throat, into your lungs. He got stabbed four times. Like how do, how do you survive that? You know, you, you don't. And so he got to the hospital and I remember telling Jim, I'm like, Jim, I need, like my brother just got stabbed and he's like, we need to tell the Don. And I said, what, do whatever you need to do. And he comes back to me and says, the Don's on it. He says, you need to make an offering and you need to do it tonight. And he said, if he's, he's like, this is, this is a non-negotiable. And he said, just so you know, the Don never works with someone who's not doing candle work, but he's doing it for you. You, you need to do this and you need to do it now. And I was with my friend and I just told him like, this is going to be really weird, but we need to go to the grocery store. I need to make an offering in your house and you need to leave it until I get home and I can reset up at my house. And but my buddy's like, whatever we need to do. Like, so we went to the store and we got like oranges and these peppermints. What and we a made great this, friend. Yeah. He is I a, can only imagine not understanding what the hell is going on. And I being know. Like, okay, you can do this weird woo. He's thing. always, he's always been a great, uh, uh, he's been so interested in these stories, you know, like my crazy woo woo stories. But anyways, we set it up and we go and I fly up to, um, the hospital and I'm, I'm there with my brother and I get to the room with my mom and I just see my brother and I'm like, he doesn't even look alive. Like he looks like he's, he's on ventilators that he needed machines to help him breathe. He had like things down his throat and my mom's a very powerful healer herself. And I didn't tell her about the dawn or bringing in any beings or anything like that. Um, by the way, I am going to loop the Archangel Michael into all this. So, okay, so it, will, it will be for the podcast. Fantastic. So what ended up happening um, was my mom's like, I'm going to do some energy work. She gets into her state and you can tell when she's in it, her eyes are like rolled in the back of her head and she's just kind of like doing her thing. And she goes into her state and she's about to do the energy work and she pops back out and she goes, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, there's something working on Adam. Like I've never seen before. And she, the way she described it is almost like, I know this is a podcast, but it's like, um, imagine my hands just like 
hitting down on a table, like as fast as I can, I can do it. Like, just like, like almost like sewing as fast as you can. Yeah. Or like aggressively like typing. Yeah. Like aggressively typing. That's how how my mom described it. And it's like, there's someone working on Adam and I've never seen anything like that. And it's the most powerful thing I've ever seen. And then I told her, I'm like, oh yeah, I had like Don Javier call in. He's had some beings called in and they're working on Adam. And long story short, Adam ends up making it. And he walks out of the hospital like three days later on his own, like doesn't need help, walks out. And I just couldn't believe it. Like, I'm, this is miraculous. I'm like, just like, what is going on? And when I, then like three days later, um, I get a message from Mandy, his wife, Don's wife and goes, are you going to get on the path or not? Like, you're going to walk this path in this lifetime or the next. And you've earned the right to be on this path and to have this access. And it's, it's what it's, it's part of what you're supposed to do. And she's like, are you supposed to do it? or Are you going to do it or not? And it was one of those things I was scared of, but I knew deep down that this is what I was supposed to be doing. So I got on the path and that was like five, maybe five years ago. And ever since then, I've just experienced crazy things like time missing. Like I'll talk to the DX for five minutes and an hour and a half will go by. Um, I've listened to an hour and a half podcast and a 20 minute walk before. Um, but what's, I think most beautiful about it is the amount of growth that I've seen, the amount of realizations, how clear my thinking is, how critically I can think, I can question my own thinking. I can now, I just have so much awareness. Um, I can see beings, feel beings, sense beings, communicate with them now. Just, you know, I, I realize how limited our five senses make us, you know, and, and developed like more than that. Um, but I think the thing that makes Cause sometimes you, even myself, I still question this. I'm like, is the Dawn really like, am I just, am I just under the Dawn spell? Like, am I just <laughs> like, am I just like a, a blind follower? And the fact that I'm even questioning it tells me I'm not, right. but, but yeah. I, but you kind of get into these things, but there's undeniable things that happen and there's things like healing, um, heal, like my brother's the number one, first example, my, my wife, Jacqueline's had things that he's, he's healed. Um, you know, like things like this might be TMI again, but whatever, when I had my vasectomy done, uh, it's supposed to be a quick little thing. And for two weeks I was having a lot of pain and stuff. And then I, um, was just like, Don, I need help. And then like within 24 hours, like, or 48 hours, completely healed. And, and he always teases me (laughs) again. I don't know if this is probably too much, but he's like, like, every time I meet him, he's like, yeah, I heal people, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I even had to go into your balls and heal you. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, done. And he's like, so it doesn't matter. He's, he's like, I, that's what I'm here to do is to yeah. help heal and to serve and, and to help. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's just been this beautiful path and he's opened up so much for me in business and how I'm able to help people on a deeper level now. And so, Same. so yeah, but it comes with shamanic deaths. I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> like literally, um, my experience at the dawn was I listened to, James's podcast. And at the time I was like on every single episode, like it was crack, even though it was like, I think our relationship, my relationship with James was just starting. Like I was in his mastermind. And then like, we realized like, Oh, we have so much in common. We realized we're like friends more than just like client and like mastermind hosts, you know? And, um, over time that relationship developed and he would always talk about the dawn, but before, right before that, like right before a relationship really developed, 
I was listening to Jim coming on the podcast. Mm. I know Jim is a rando. Okay. <laughs> like I have no idea who this Jim guy is. By the right. way, I hired Jim as my coach. Like he's yeah. freaking awesome. You guys can check him out. I think it's I am Jim Fortin on mm-hmm. Instagram. He's all about the subconscious mind and all about like limiting beliefs and reprogramming. And he was my first coach too. He, yeah. He was, he was not my first coach, but he was really one of my most like profound coaches. Right. Like he helped me so much. And, um, but at the time, obviously, this is like a year, you know, prior. And he was like, you know, I apprenticed with my brother-in-law. He's a very powerful shaman. And I instantly said, I know that guy. Mm. How I knew him, I have no idea. I was like, I don't even know Jim Fortin, but I just know that guy. Right. James would keep talking about him. And James kept saying, I can connect you. I can connect you. I can connect you. And uh, I was like waiting for James to one day connect me. And then I was like, James, like, can you connect me with the shaman. I think I, I think I was like going through a shift where I was right. like, I need guidance. And I'm always investing in coaches, healers, psychics. Like I just, I'm always, because I, I feel like, you know, this is something I had to learn, but now I'm humble enough to accept help. Like I right. know that I can't see my own blind spots. Right. Like I know, like if, for example, asking you to help me with messaging, I'm like, you know, our business is extremely successful. We just did a $7 million year, but I'm right. like, there's probably so much that I'm not seeing. Right. And like, I could have an ego and being like, no, I, I'm doing amazing. But like, I want to help more people. And yeah. the only way to help more people, it's not just about the money is for me to get better in how I communicate my messaging. Right. And so I'm, I'm always asking for help. And I was like, I feel like I need some big help now. Like, I feel like I got some like spiritual work that I need to do. And I texted James and James is like, Catherine, I've been waiting for this text. And I'm like, you have <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then I think like, I think like four months later is when I met you yeah. in Sedona. And it just like all went from there. And like, like that's like the, one of the main things that you and I talk about is like our experiences and what we connect about a lot and help each other with. And especially you helped me so much with this is like when we're going through the shamanic deaths. Oh yeah. And like a lot of people always ask me, what is a shamanic death? Like, how would you explain that in your own words? And like, why are they necessary? Well, yeah, great question. And by the way, you can have a shamanic death without working with the dawn. Totally. They're just way more intense. Yeah. It's, but it really what it is is a shedding of they're, yeah, they're way more intense and more frequent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but they it's basically a shedding of who you were. And I've mm-hmm. talked we talked about your purpose shifting and things like that. Yeah, that can come from so many things. Like I know just getting pregnant, I had a shamanic yeah. death from that. It's identity shifts. It is. You're yeah. changing identity, but you're also becoming aware of blind spots as well. It's basically like you just get a different perspective on your life and everything that was there before just doesn't seem relevant. It's it's just, for lack of a better word, it's a massive growth period. Um, Where things are chaotic and confusing and frustrating and you question everything. Yeah. You question everything. <laughs> like there's been so many times where I've questioned my business. I've questioned like I even questioned, and a lot recently, like, do I even want to do this anymore? Yeah. Do I want to be on this I've path? Do I want too. to be connected to the dawn? Do I want to be? Because this is really fucking hard. And it, but that's what it is. It's just, it's a lot of growth, and it's and in order to grow, you have to let go. It's like doing plant medicine twenty four seven. Yeah, I guess I, I've never done that, so I, know, I don't know. I know. But, but but yeah, <laughs> um, but that's basically what it is. And for lack of a better word, it's just a massive shedding and letting go as well as at the same time, getting a huge awareness of you and how you've been showing up. Um, like the most recent one was just like even getting so much awareness of how I was showing up in my own marriage. And that was a really tough thing to see. But as Don says, is I'm a 
I'm a, a black mirror. I, I reflect back onto you, but you, it's, I reflect back on the things you don't even see about yourself so that you can self-discover it. And when I saw a lot of the stuff of how I was showing up in the marriage, even though our, you know, we've been married for 20 or together for like 25 years or however long it's been long time, even though we've been together for a long time and we've been in love and we've had a good, I would say a good marriage. I still am ashamed of some of the things that I didn't, well, uh, of how I wasn't, not of what I did, but of what I, what I wasn't in the marriage. And the Don reflect that back to me. And it was a very difficult thing to go through because it led to a lot of growth in me. At the same time, Jacqueline was experiencing her own growth. And when you have two individual people in one relationship, both experiencing- And three kids between and you? three kids and a business- and in, in with like 10 employees or however many we have, it's a lot. And it feels like everyone's your kid. Yeah, I feel exactly. like oh, my team, even though I don't see them in that way at all, it's not like in a demeaning but way, but it's like, is in your hands. it's literally my responsibility. Like yeah. I'm responsible for almost 20 fucking people. Yeah. It's, and, it's yeah, a lot. It is. And so, but that's, and that's the thing is, is it, it's just a constant, it's that constantly. And anytime I feel comfortable or like, wow, things are really good. In the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, it's just a ticking time bomb until it's not like this anymore. And so, and you never know how long it's going to be. Like it could be a year, it could be two years, it could be three years, it could be like two months. And so working with him, the way I describe it is I don't describe it as spiritual work because I think when you hear spirituality, a lot of people take it on as like, um, not a religion, but almost like a- uh, Like a dogma. Like like a, yeah, dogma. And- and it's not People get like really rigid in their spirituality. They're really rigid and they they become the opposite of what spiritual is. It's they like become judgmental and like egoic egotistical spirituality. And ego, yeah, like yeah. I'm better than you because I'm spiritual and it's just like Or like, "Oh my god, you're eating meat. You're not spiritual anymore." Right. Like, yeah. So, okay, <laughs> I get that before, a lot. <laughs> before I forget, two two notes that I want to before we end this podcast, Archangel Michael, and then the homeless person with Don and Jim. Okay. Remember, remember okay. me to tell you this. Okay. Two I like how you're asking me to remember. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Take notes. Um, so shoot, where was I? Oh yeah. Arch- so it, oh. to me, spiritual is, is it is self-transformation. That's basically what it is, is it's, it's bettering yourself and working with the Don just speeds up the self-transformation and anyone who's done self-development work, you know how hard that can be. So imagine that a little bit more intense and a little bit more uh, sped up and, and but and and frequent, but also on the opposite side. Imagine how beautiful it is at the oh, same time. The highs are so high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, like it's, I've just never been like more happier, fulfilled, like understanding of who I am. Like my confidence yeah. has never been higher. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's what he does. And I don't know if without him, I would. I I, I know without him, I wouldn't have been able to see the amount of growth I've seen in the business, um, I, to be who I am today and to just see the lives that have changed through the business. And, and that's why I think self-development work is so important because it's not about you necessarily. It's about all the other people that you're going to help when you become that next version of you. And, and that's what really drives me. Um, so the play off of this whole like idea of, of spirituality and the dogma or the ego be, that could be behind it. Jim told me one time he was in Mexico with the Don. And he was walking past. Oh, they this is past so good. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. A homeless person. And he looks at Jim and says, what do you, what do you feel when you see him over there? And he says, I feel bad. I feel really bad that he doesn't have any food and like, I want to help him and he doesn't have a house. And then Don looks at him and goes, how dare you? 
how dare you look at him with that judgment? Because that's really what it is. You know, he's like, even though you want to help, you're assuming that he's not happy that his situation is bad or whatever. And he goes that he's learning more lessons in this life lifetime than you ever will. How dare you judge him? And Jim was like taken back because he thought he was being good. He's like, I want to help. And this, I think this also goes to, you can't help people that don't want to be helped. Like if you're going to be of service and have a business, you're here to help the people that want mm-hmm. your help. You can't go help, help everyone. But that was such a great lesson in humility and just mm-hmm. remembering to stay humble um, during all of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like stuff like that all the time, like these amazing yeah. lessons. And yeah, you're like, yeah. God, I got, you, I mean, you could write a book on all the lessons and little tidbits that he, he drops from time to time. I know it's insane. Archangel Michael, I wrote it down. Oh yes. For okay. You. Okay. So going <laughs> all the way back to my story with my brother, Adam, and, um, he, he talked about my mom seeing someone healing him. And, um, about two or three years later, I got a gift from Jim, which was a cranium. So it's a crystal skull and the Don cooked it. So when the Don cooks it, he brings the, the stuff, the, the um, crystal back to its natural state before being touched by humans energetically, but he also will attach a being to it and being new to this. I'm like, I don't know, whatever. Like, I don't know what a being, what does a being mean? You know, and I've come to realize it could be anything like a, an archangel, a, um, ascended master, or just like maybe an ancestor or something like that. So, <laughs> just like just an ancestor, but it could be like, um, just a silly old ancestor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I remember connecting with this cranium and I instantly knew, like I asked like, what can I offer you? And it said, I offer me this. And it was the same exact thing that I made the offering to the being that helped my brother, Adam. And I said, holy shit, this is the being that helped heal my brother. And so I said, like, what's a name? What's a name? And I got the word Michael. So it was M-I-K-A-L, Michael. And I've been connecting with this cranium for like three or four years. And it just kept getting Michael. And I'm like, what else? And it's like, brother, like we're brothers or we've been brothers. And that he's a warrior, like a warrior, warrior. This is like, I'm a warrior and not just like a spiritual warrior, but like I'm an actual warrior with like swords and like all of this stuff. And I never really, I'm like, okay, whatever. And I've not, not whatever. I was obviously respectful of it all. And, but it just, you know, I was like, okay, cool. And then that's about as far as I got. And then I started asking it to help me heal like myself, like if I threw my back out or whatever, and it, it would say, this is what I want you to do. And I would do it as an offering and then I would be healed. So I've been building this relationship with this being this week. Um, I asked for help and it said, reconnect with me 15 minutes a day f- for 15 days. And I've been doing that. And as I was connecting, I'm like, what's your name? Like, I just kept feeling like I should know its name. Well, the last like three months, maybe even six months, I've just felt this desire and this need to get a statue of Archangel Michael. And for me, I've always been like, oh, Catholic, the religion, but I'm not into like, that's just, you know, not for me, but I've come to realize that it's, there's a lot of truth in it and a lot of powerful beings and angels that are a part of that religion. And Don told me, he's like, I work with all of them. And he's like, there's a lot of truth behind that. And he has crosses up all over the place. So really reframed myself and realized how judgmental I was against a lot of that stuff too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had to let a lot of that go. It goes both ways. Like you can be in it judging people who aren't, and then you could be like really pushing that away and then judging the people in it. Yeah. Yeah. It goes both ways. And so I was in a church recently and like looking at the Archangel Michael things and stuff. I didn't, I haven't found the one that was for me. 
but it was weird. It was just like this desire I had all of a sudden. So anyways, I'm connecting with this cranium and I just hear Archangel, Archangel. I'm like, what's your name? Archangel, Archangel. I'm like, no, your name's Michael. And then I was like, Archangel oh, Michael. Oh my God. And I was like, wait a minute. And then I go and I look up Archangel Michael. I'm like, cause it's not spelled M-I-C-H-A-E-L, which is how it's, it is. Mm-hmm. And then it says, it says like Archangel Michael also pronounced Michael, M-I-K-A-L. And I was like, oh my Stop. God, I've been communicating and connecting with Archangel. That's at least, I haven't confirmed with the Dawn because I always want to confirm these things. Sometimes we're off on our, you know, thoughts or whatever, but so it's not confirmed, but I'm pretty dang sure that's who I've been connecting with. And that's who healed my brother, but all the things like the warrior, the name Michael, like all of that stuff came up and then I'm sitting there going and cause Jim always tells us like, you just don't know who you're connected to and you don't really know who you are. And the Don always said, has said like, Brandon, if you knew who you really were, like who you were, like the soul of who you are, it's like, you would never get into half any of this. Never stuff worry you about a goddamn you would ne- thing. You would never worry about a goddamn thing because mm-hmm. you, he's like, you have no idea how powerful you actually are. And then I'm just sitting there going like, who are we connected to? Who like who That's every is dinner conversation know, we've ever had. Literally. Dawn? Like what would the version of you, like back in like the early entrepreneur days when you're, you know, buying the how many calories in orange juice? Like right. if you were to hear yourself today, like what would you think of yourself? I wouldn't even recognize myself. Yeah. I, I mean I always think you're like cuckoo. I, I yeah. And I would I would think I would think that I was a little cuckoo, a hundred percent. I wouldn't recognize myself. I always knew I was going to be successful, but I had no idea that this was going to be my path. Yeah. And that's the thing with a lot of people is that they, they think they know their path and we never do. Mm -hmm. And they stop going on the path because of, they want to get it perfect or they want to know, or they, obviously it's it's all going according to expectations. It's like, I should be on this path or like, Maybe I was on this path last year, but like you could be switching into a totally different path, but you're stopping yourself because you're like, no, but I was told about this path a year ago. Right. It's like, yeah, but who you were a year ago is different than who you are now. hundred percent. Yeah. And so, you know, I just always remember that. I'm just like, and that's what I tell our students is that you'll never, what you start with will never be what you end with, but you do have to get started in order to get there. And that advice has been the story of my life over the last 10 years. Like it's been a journey. It's, it, I've, we've helped thousands of, of people. I've changed the life for my family and not just financial, but just like how I've showed up for them and like how, how I'm showing up today. Like I'm proud of the husband I am today. And I look back a year, it's almost like me teary-eyed, but I look back a year ago, I didn't realize it back then. I wasn't, I'm not proud of that guy. And I would even argue in the moment that I would probably wasn't even proud of myself. And all of that stuff affects the business. It affects your energy. And that's why this type of work is so important because you just keep shifting your energy and who you are, and that will ultimately affect your business. And that's why I love what I do because I get to do that for people. Yes, I, I frame it underneath content and messaging, but it's, it's not. <laughs> There's always a surface level thing. Yeah. And then I, I love to do that. I mean, like Manifestation Babe Academy, you know, we frame it as like, hey, you're going to manifest your dream life. You're going to have everything that you want. And then people get inside and my students are probably laughing right now if they're listening, which I'm sure they are, um, because it's like so much more than that. Yeah. It, it's like, I didn't know I was going to heal shit from like 
even past lives ago and yeah. generational crap and stuff that happened to me when I was three, four years old. Like, what are you doing to me, Catherine? Right. Like, what is going on? And it's like, I MBA is like a shamanic death for so many people, but on the other side of it is like immense amounts of freedom. Yeah, it is. And that's, and to me, that's the hardest work that we can do. Yeah. And people like, like I'm going to work hard and they take a lot of action and stuff like that. And they work, put in a lot of hours, but I'm just, that's not the, that's not the, the work. The work is just something that's so much deeper and most people will just never go to those depths to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, yeah, that's what I do. And it, it, the Don always says, um, if, you know, uh, um, if it's something like a smart man has to be tricked onto this path or something like that is because it's like, if you would have known, if you knew what the, what was entailed for you, you wouldn't have done it. But once you're on it, there's no going back. That's like you, I know you talk about like, that's what having kids is like. Yeah. That's what starting thing. a business is like. It's like, <laughs> if you, it. if you saw what it took to run like a multi-million dollar business at the very beginning, you might not have said yes. Right. But you may not have ever evolved into who you are today either. Right. You would just be comfortable, Brandon. I was, I, I've been, it may have taken me a while, but I've been very good at listening to my intuition and what feels not like what logically makes sense, but what feels right to me. And I do that and it's never steered me into the wrong direction. Mm. And even when I was scared to start the business, I knew deep down that this was what I was supposed to do. I also, when I worked at the Dawn, I was scared and kind of nervous and took me a while, but I knew deep down that that's what I was supposed to do. Even inside of like my marriage, um, we've been together since we were 15 and 16. And like, as a, a, a guy who's 28, you're like, okay, I've never like slept with someone else. And this is the only person I'm sleeping with for the rest of my life. But deep down, I'm like, this is your twin flame. This is the person you're supposed to be with. Even with when we both experienced a lot of growth over this last year and like having to refine ourselves and then refine each other. And like, that was a lot of hard work, but a deep down, I'm like, this is, this is the person I'm supposed to be with. Mm-hmm. And there's, you can, feel and it. I, you can feel it. You just, you just know it's that knowing you don't know why, you know, but you know, you just do. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what I've led used to. And even with pivots inside the business, I'm like, it's time to move on to something else. Just go do it. That's why I went $40,000 in debt. It sucked, but you just come out to something so much more beautiful on the other side. Debt can be your shamanic death right now. Yeah, and there's so yeah. much beauty on the other <laughs> I know. side. A hundred percent. Oh my God. I know we can talk forever, literally. So you guys like Brendan and I can go so deep on so many things. So let us know if you would like a part two where we can go yeah. even deeper and keep talking about all of our crazy spiritual stories. Cause we have so many, like literally like we go back and forth. I still have to tell you my dream from we the other day. We didn't even get to talk about aliens. <laughs> I know. So stuff. Oh my God. Okay. Where can people find you to yeah. get into the work and follow you and see what you're up to? Cool. So two places, uh, our podcast is called the new generation entrepreneur, where we talk a lot about messaging and spirituality and self-development type stuff. And then uh, I am Brandon Lucero over on Instagram is my handle. It's probably the best two places to go. Or I guess BrandonLucero.com, but wherever you want. Amazing. And you also interviewed me on your podcast. So you can find that episode too. Catherine, it's our number one most downloaded episode ever. Ever. And not by a little bit, by a lot. However, I had Jacqueline on the podcast for our 100th 100th episode to talk about the journey from a spouse's perspective uh-huh. of starting a business. Oh, that's and it's, good. it's creeping, it's creeping Ooh, up on your episode. Jacqueline. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's freaking amazing. And I know that that's like a topic that so many people need yeah. help with. Like they, they just, 
there's anyway, we can go into it, but we're not going to go into it now. You guys have listened long enough. (laughs) So with that being said, I love you guys all so much and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Peace out. Bye, Brandon. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at ManifestationBabe or visiting my website at ManifestationBabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.